Hey everyone, it's the Lollygagging Podcast with Rick and Dave. And now here are your hosts, Rick and Dave. Can you hear me? I, I can hear you, can you hear me? The audio thing on this, audio video settings. It's weird. Hello, hello? hello? No, I can hear you, testing, testing. You can hear me testing, okay, right? Mm, you're, you're testing. Oh, actually, oh, I could just hit the volume down button. All right, that's... that's very low tech. Okay. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, not bad. All right. Are you already recording this then? Oh, I hate you so much. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hiya. How are you? Hi. I'm good. I'm good. We're just we're starting the show. Uh, hi, everyone. How's everyone doing? Hi, everyone. Has everyone got a a nice iced coffee like Dave that I didn't get? Mm-mm. Ah, I hope everybody's got a nice iced coffee. Mm. Oh, my partner Lisa just brought me a, a lovely iced coffee while we were recording. So, uh, so my day is going pretty gosh darn good. Haven't uh, haven't done any language stuff today, but I think after I get off this call with you, I will be um, getting back into some uh, Indonesian. What about you, Rick? What, what what have you been up to? Oh, about six foot. No, oh, I didn't know they piled it that high. Yep. <laughs> uh, All right. Thank you much. Good night, everyone. Yeah, so I I um I haven't really done much today. I did um I did my thirty minutes of Mandarin, which was just um there's, there's, a, there's a quite good YouTube channel called Mandarin.org, and it's this lady who who does loads of lessons for Mandarin, um and they're all free and there's no advertisements in her YouTube thing, which is great because that's really annoying. Um, but she's got a website and you can download the transcriptions as as PDFs. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. So it's really good. Very, very highly recommended if you if you're learning Mandarin Chinese. That's a great way to go. Um, are, are the transcripts in uh, just in the uh, script, or are they in the? Um, oh no, she does all three. So you get Hanzi, which is the characters. You get the pinyin, and then you get the English translation. Excellent. Really um, good. Um, actually, one of our one of our polyglot gathering friends, Elisa, uh, is learning Chinese, so I will forward this uh, her way. Sorry to interrupt you there. Uh, one other thing I am doing is I started a, another podcast. It's called the Autodidactic Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. And you said you did your thirty minutes. I've not done I've not done thirty minutes since last we discussed that plan. I've only been doing ten to fifteen, only on and only on weekdays because uh, as as I've griped about before, uh, weekends are tied up with um, yard stuff and uh, sleeping. Yeah, it sucks to be an adult. It does. How do you how do you how do you manage to avoid it? Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, just best avoid it. Yeah, so I am, um, and and then I've I've been using Anki for my well for everything really, but I've got um, French and Italian, and they are just kicking my butt really because they're like the French today I had three hundred cards, the Italian I've got a hundred cards to review. Chinese, I got 200 cards. So this is taking me like two hours a day now. <laughs> but is it, is it paying off? Is it working? I have no idea. I don't think so. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just basically become a torture machine. So I'm going to I'm gonna whack it back down. It's like you can put a cap on the number of reviews that you have to do. So I think I'm going to have to cap it off because um, I can't be doing two hours, two and a half hours every day. It's just crazy. Don't you have the time for it? Or, or, or is it is it time, desire, or both? A uh, bit from column A, a bit from column B. I, I really don't have a lot of time because I've got other things that I need to do. And, um, yeah, you can get a bit, you know, mind-numbing to do flashcard after flashcard after flashcard. Especially so I've done some of these French ones. Like I'm reading this French book, and wherever I don't know a word, I stick the word into the 
the deck to to review later, you know? Okay, um, yeah. But the single word cards annoy me. I don't like them so much. I don't mind sentence cards so much, but the the single word cards are I don't like those. So I'm going to stop doing that. I mean, if I if I don't know a word, I'm going to just put the whole sentence in rather than just the word that I didn't know. Well, if you if you learn just the sentences, doesn't that kind of only allow you to to know how to kind of repeat that sentence or to kind of kind of regurgitate it as opposed to breaking down all the bits of the sentence or how, how does how does that affect your your comprehension and learning of it well the thing is i find it easier for the sort of to get the context of it so like you know i was trying to i'm trying to think of an english example but you you get words that have more than one meaning and and it's the context that tells you what the meaning of it is in this example i'm, I'm just trying to think of an example in english but you know, there are lots of words in English that have more than one meaning. Unless you have the whole context, you don't know which meaning you, you should be going for. Okay, yeah. No, no actually, that's, I was talking about that with someone the other day, uh, like like um, the expression throw out. So you may throw out the trash, you may throw out an idea, you may throw out your back. And to learn this one phrase that has so many varied meanings, you can't you can't just learn throw out and and memorize 18 different meanings you have to yeah use it in context of something so um yeah, so exactly. that okay so that makes sense um what about other words where sorry to interrupt you there uh, one other thing i am doing is i started a another podcast it's called the autodidactic podcast um okay what about other words where it's just a single word with kind of a single unique meaning are you able to process those by themselves or do you still prefer having those in sentences well, I can I can put them in the deck, but I just prefer to have a sentence. I don't know why. Maybe it's just me uh, because I've been typically I've always used sentence cards rather than word cards. But I've got a lot of word cards now, and they just pop up <laughs> word, 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 and it just it's like. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> does does uh, does Anki have a a, a better shuffle feature, or ca- uh, are there other options to have it display only sentences or only cards that are marked a certain way? No, not really. Well, you can tag them. So you can put tags on to say this is a sentence or a word, and then you could sort by you could sort by the tag. You know, so you, there are ways around it. But the problem that with well, and it's not just Anki; it's any um, spaced repetition software. Is the only ones you ever see are the ones you don't know, right? Yeah, <laughs> because the ones you know, well, it's it's scheduled those for two years from now, so you're <laughs> never going to see those. It's just the annoying ones that you keep forgetting that you know. And that, and that's what that's part of the it becomes a drag just because you think oh I'm getting nowhere I'm getting nowhere but in actual fact you've probably pushed fifty percent of the cards down the road because you knew them and you're only getting the ones you don't know which is why you're getting frustrated you know so do you find having so many cards makes the spaced repetition kind of work against itself well not really it's it just you can't let it become a torture machine that's the only thing I mean yeah. Anki does have things like what they call leech cards. So if you've gone, and I can't remember the default setting, but I think the default setting is like 12, right? So if you've said 12 times, I don't remember this word, it just marks it as a leech and it doesn't show you. The default is it'll never show it to you again because it's like, you, well, you're never going to remember this, so not bother. Um, <laughs> you're a but the thing talk. is, I turned off that. I turned that off. So on mine, it marks it as a leech. It tags it, but it doesn't get rid of it. It shows up again tomorrow. So yeah, it's it's my own self torture, really. Well, okay, but you but you you still think very highly of Anki, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I, I I like it a lot. I use it all the time. I mean, I'm using it for other stuff as well. 
weirdly. I'm I'm trying to memorize the square roots up to 225. Uh, the squares, <laughs> rather, not the square roots. But that's so that you can solve square roots. But anyway, that's just me being weird. And I know loads of people use it for other stuff like capitals and programming and all sorts of stuff. Well, I've seen the old school versions of that, which are just, you know, pre-printed cards. So that was back before you were born. No, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> I thought I was riding dinosaurs. Like <laughs> Fred Flintstone. Well, and, and last time we talked about spaced repetition and, and the whole was a gradient, which is sort of a Pimsleur, yeah, uh, Pimsleur knockoff. And um, I don't, you know, I, I other than physical flashcards, I don't do much of that spaced repetition. Although I am starting to kind of revisit Nemo apps. I don't know if you've ever used them. They're they're like any other flashcard app, basically, you know, you choose the words you want to want to study. It color codes them. So red ones are hot, meaning they're going to show up in the highest rotation. And then they finally get down to like a nice cool blue, meaning they rarely show up. And I think you I think you have to manually set it to not show up um, to be a word that you've like learned for good. Otherwise, it'll just show up very rarely. Uh, so that's that's really the only experience lately I've been um, having with spaced repetition. And that's been with Indonesian. Sorry to interrupt you there. Uh, one other thing I am doing is I started a, another podcast. It's called the Autodidactic Podcast. Um, um, you had mentioned uh, in the in the in the meantime something about gamification. I want to get a little more information uh, from you because I was under the impression that it was like playing games or turning lessons into games. But you have a, you have a different take on it. So let's hear it. Let's hear it, Bob. Yeah. Now, when I was talking about gaming gamification, I wasn't actually talking about yeah, you know, like Duolingo and some of the others, they you get points and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so you get points and things for the number of repetitions you do or whatever, or how many how many how many days of a streak you have going. Yeah, yeah. So so, but that that wasn't what I was saying. So what I was saying is actually playing a game in another language. So if you've got, um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't play modern games, so I'm not really sure. But if you were playing, I don't know, Dune Two or something, you used to you you'd be able to play in French or Monkey Island or some of those others. You could you could play them in you know another language. So uh, you can still do this in you know all the modern flash games, Halo or whatever. I suspect. But one of the one of the problems you have with that sort of thing uh, is you're sort of talking on the phone. Like into an earpiece with other people, so you okay. may or not, may not be able to speak that well. But one of the things I used to do is I played a mud, which is called a it's a it's a multiplayer underground dungeon is what it stands for. But um, basically, it's um it's a text based game, and you log in on the internet, and it's one of those old text games. So it's like you walk into a room and you see a throne and a, a temple, and on the floor is an axe and a chest of you know, what do you do? And you, you know, pick up axe or go north, go south, go east. So it's those old type games, but they're online and there's multiple people using them at the same time. So you can find some. There's a thing called mudconnector.com. Um, and I think you, I think there's options for searching for languages, but there are others. I'll try and find them and stick them in the show notes. But basically for MUDs, you you use an old Telnet program, which used to come with by default on Windows, but now you have to sort of install it. But every other operating system, it's in by default. Or you can use your web browser and you go to these things and it, it displays, you know, you, you create a character. Um, so some of the ones you might, you know, they might be a comic book based theme or uh, Dragon Ball Z 
space theme or, you know, futuristic or gothic or all kinds of stuff. Right? And uh, so you pick you make yourself a character up and then you go into this sort of mud and it'll take you into the first room. And it'll tell you what you see and who you see and where you can go north, south, east, west, that sort of thing. And then you basically just start playing the game. But the the beauty of this is uh, so when I started playing there's a french one that i do and and basically all the instructions are in french all of the actions are in french so you can't press p to pick up acts because that's not how you pick up something in french um so it's it's just that and you because you're reading it uh and you can take your time and you know try and work it out there's not it's not so quite so in your face as like a first person shooter type game okay um, now you do get because it's multi-user, uh, people will stop and try and chat with you, but it's type chat. It's not like voice typically. So you've got time to read and respond and reply. And if you don't respond, then you normally just wander off and leave you alone anyway, because um, <laughs> they, they they figure you've been logged out or something. You know what I mean? That, that you're just a sort of a ghost and you've respawned or something. No. Um, but yeah, so those types of games are really cool, and I think. Um, and if you can get, you know, well, you can certainly get some of the old games nowadays um, in emulators and things, you know. So you can get some of those old games like Monkey Island or whatever, and you get them um, in an emulator, emulator, and you just flip it over to the language that you want. Now, obviously, those sort of games, you, you the language needs to be a bit mainstream, if you know what I mean. Whereas the MUDs, you can... There's some more esoteric stuff. You know, you can get Czech or Slovakian or whatever. It's not always just a fig language. So uh, how how reliant is it on, I guess, proper spelling and proper vocabulary? Uh, and because you mentioned you mentioned sort of uh, older esoteric vocabulary. How uh, I mean, is, is it sort of a, like learning a language within a language? Do you have to learn the video game language first before you can understand? Whatever? You have to learn the commands. Now, like the the one I logged into, and I don't have it to hand, but I can find it. But because I've saved it as French mud, so I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> but anyway, they on their website they actually have a cheat sheet that you can print out. So the cheat sheet's in French, but it tells you all the commands. So you know, if you read enough French, then you know what pick up is. You'll see that the shortcut command key is M. You know, okay, whatever. So. You don't really need to know that much of the language, but you just have to know what the command line options are. And weirdly, some of them are in English. Like you go to some games and the commands are actually in English. So they've obviously just ported over an English game and rewrote all the text into Italian or whatever. Okay. So so the, the trick is to just find the cheat sheet with the commands but normally you can just hit the question mark and it'll bring up the list of commands you can do. So anyway, it's not it's not difficult. It's not hard to do. And they can be quite fun, these text games. You don't they're not you know, it's obviously it's not Halo, but if you you know, very low tech. But it they are quite fun. And um and I I'd recommend it if you're learning a language because, you know, it's it's a low well, it's a no cost option to get exposed to a lot of vocabulary. And have a bit of fun. That's pretty cool. Is is it, it, Sorry to interrupt you there. Uh, one other thing I am doing is I started a, another podcast. It's called the Autodidactic Podcast. Um, um, is it always limited to the, the little sheet of commands, or are you allowed to kind of deviate at all? Well, the commands, there are no. 
basically. Okay. You, you're going to have to to pick. There's lots of commands, so you, there's a lot of stuff you can do. But you know, it is to still pick up the axe, drop the axe, hit the chest with the axe. You know, you know yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, okay. You know, look at my inventory. Do what do I have? You know, all that sort of stuff. So you you do have to you are restricted to the commands, but you can wander around these. So like some of these are huge; they are entire worlds, and you can just wander around and never go back to the same place twice. You know, you oh. can literally wander around. You know, just north, 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 and just carry on forever. They they're huge. These these multi user ones are massive. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. I, yeah, I used to play those when I was younger, and uh, I, I always found those fascinating. But I've I've since been far removed from that type of game. So maybe you know, maybe I'll return to it. Maybe I'll go to it right now. There you go. Yeah, okay. give this a miss and get on with something interesting. <laughs> well, I'm actually well, I'm, I I, I, lo- I love that that these, these retro game or yeah these retro games are kind of back and serving a purpose, especially with multiple languages. But I'm also a little surprised that with the power of chatbots and, and tech recognition text recognition uh that uh they're not more interactive like if you were to type a command well, that, they are they are interactive in that like you know if you walk into a room and they say there are four people here you can say talk to dave you know and then it'll spark up a conversation between me and you but it'll be text so okay so what can happen here is people you so it's not as as sort of cut and dried as I, as I'm making it out, I think. So if we were in this game together and I talk to you, then we could form a little alliance, right? And we could go to places together. And so when when there's a goblin, we fight it together. Do you see what I mean? Or so or we could just or we could just drink at their pub. I exactly. think that'd be, that'd be perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As, as we all know, goblins have the best pubs. Exactly. And then just leg it when you got to pay. <laughs> We did not do that in Slovakia. We I did not do that. that. So we did not. We did so, not. So, so the games are as interesting as you make it, but because you're not restricted to, I mean, you are restricted to the commands that are allowed in the game, but you can, within the game, you can make friends, alliances, enemies, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And you're actually playing against real people. So it's not like you're playing against a computer bot. You're actually playing against another human being who, you know, might decide, well, I don't like this guy and stab you in the back <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> so um, so it, it is more interesting in that way. And, that, and just because it's more, um, well, it involves people. So there's a lot more originality than what they can program into a into a computer bot. But there are some bots in here as well. Like they populate them with bots as well. So you're never really without something to do. Well, that's that's good. <laughs> well, and and the thing is, they're they're on twenty four seven. So there there's these these games live on the internet all the time. And some of them are really quite old. I mean, some of these games have been running like twenty years. That's why I'm saying they're huge. The maps and things are huge. They're constantly adding to them. And some of these games have been going for like twenty years, and they've just been adding more and more rooms more and more spaces every year that's pretty cool yeah and how often do you play these games oh very rarely uh, <laughs> I, I just don't get enough time really but they are really interesting I mean, when the, the other problem is they can be quite addictive like most games and if you know you just sort of start playing it and then you turn around and you've you've wasted five hours you know <laughs> 
Oh yeah, I've been there. <laughs> Plus, you've wasted five hours in in a in a second language, so you know you can always say you were studying. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Have you ever, have you ever done this in Mandarin? Oh Lord, no. I, I mean, they are there are muds in Mandarin, but I I there's no way I could play because I just can't read that many characters. No, oh, okay, fair enough. Okay, but you've done this in French. Uh, I'm guessing maybe Italian. I did in Italian, but I couldn't really find a game that I liked so much. But there are loads of them out there, and I didn't try all of them. Um, so, I mean, that's the thing. And and there's and there's also the theme. So that it's the theme you might want to pick. So there's there's muds that are set in modern day, right? And there's Star Trek themed ones, and Star Wars themed ones, and superhero ones, and Warhammer and historical Roman period ones or futuristic goth stuff or Dungeons and Dragons, you know, they're, they're all kinds and, uh, they're just loads of them out there. So yeah, if you're listening, have a go hmm. Try and find one. I am, I am looking at something called mudconnect.com. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that's the one, but, um, well, that, that's one, but I, I couldn't see any way to search for languages. There's another one that, it's like this. It's a massive list of muds that you can find. Um, but that one allows you to search by language as well. So I don't, I'm not hundred percent sure this one allows you to, um, search by language. Well, so yeah, send me whatever you got. And if you find anything with star Wars, let me know that, oh, uh, a couple star ones in here. If, yeah. you, if you go on mud connect, there's a, there's a star Wars themed one there. Let's so see. you can be, um, princess Leia again. Yay. <laughs> All right. Dreams really do come true. <laughs> I hate you. Anime Planet. Oh, here we go. Star Wars: Age of Alliances. Mush. I don't know what M U S H is. Oh, there's oh, a. Oh, there's a. There's a like a special client you can get as well. It, it 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 has all the commands. It'll run some of the commands and stuff for you. So you remember I said in Windows they took out the Telnet program by default. You can install some of these mud playing programs that do all this sort of stuff for you. Can I can I get it to just play for me? Uh, you probably could if you were a bit of a programmer. You could probably um, do a Python script that does all that stuff for you. I didn't understand a single word of that. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Exactly. So yeah. if you don't want to know the answer, don't ask the question. <laughs> well, you are, you, well, you are uh, out of the two of us, you are the more techie, Cody kind of kind of a person. Smart. So. smart. That's the word you're looking for. You're, huh? you're smart. You're, in, you're, in, you're intelligent. Yes. I'm just going to sit here and drink coffee. Oh, it must be nice. It's oh, so good. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm curious about this, although I'm more curious about playing Star Wars in English than I am uh, any of these <laughs> in a foreign, foreign language. But um, so, what, so we, you don't do this much because you don't have that much time. But if you did have more time, would you play this, or is this kind of? Well, um, I mean, I played. I played the French one. I played for a long time. I had this contract up in London, and I was like, I used to go out at lunch because the place just used to wind me up so much that so I used to just go out. <laughs> so I'd take my hour and I'd walk over to um, like a coffee shop. And I'd just sit in there. I'd log in with my laptop, and I'd just play this mud, you know, have a little bit of lunch and you'd drink my coffee and then, you know, spend an hour, you know, messing around with this mud and then go back to work. So, I, yeah, I played religiously for like six months, um, you know, it, it, and you can – it's really, really good, and I, and I highly advise it. And if you and – if, and if you're the younger generation and you're used to sort of flash, whizzy, high-definition graphic stuff – have a have a go at the old school text based stuff. It's it's more enjoyable than you think. 
Very cool. Do you, do you think that language learners, uh, or I guess, uh, which language learners would get the most out of this? Would it, would it be beginners then? Is there a sort of a limit to how much you end up kind of soaking in, or is, is this enough to kind of extend well, into intermediate? I, I, you probably don't want to start this at a beginner, beginner level, like A1, 2. Because the problem that you're going to have is you're going to encounter so many unknown words that you're going to struggle because this is all text-based description, right? So, yeah. you know, you, you get a, you, you know, like I said earlier, you've walked into a room, there is a throne, there is a temple complex, there is da-da-da-da-da. I mean, how many people know the word for throne and temple complex in a second language without sort of, you know, it's not, the, it's not, it's, that's not the sort of stuff you get in Pimsleur, you know what I mean? <laughs> So what you got to do is you I would say when you're starting up in the sort of B1 type intermediate range then that's the time to to get into this because you're going to encounter a lot of vocabulary that you probably don't know but you know you will know a significant amount of it already and so you're not going to be uh, you know you're not going to be completely lost you're going to understand it's going to take you a while to figure out the description but you will get the gist of it and the good thing about playing on the computer while I was doing it was I actually had a web browser open in in a you know to like Google Translate so I could just copy and paste it in there. I was like, what? <laughs> what the hell does that mean? Um, so yeah, you can just copy and paste um, as as you don't know it into the thing. So in theory, I, you could as a beginner start not knowing anything and just copy and paste everything into Translate, but it's not much fun as a game. Okay, yeah, yeah, and and as you said before, I mean, it, it it doesn't rush you through anything, so you can always take your time to translate uh, if you have a dictionary. Although I don't know if anyone uses those anymore because they are heavy and cumbersome. But no, but that that, that sounds like fun. It uh, and I would I would imagine, especially now with with a number of people kind of with a little extra free time on their hands, trying to fill it and not wanting to walk their dog a fifth time today. Uh, this might be this actually might be kind of a fun thing to look into. So uh, it's really good. And I mean, if you you know people who play sort of uh, well, that was one of the other games I was going to mention was like Dungeons and Dragons, right? Uh, desktop role playing games. So, you know, you're role-playing your character. In these MUDs, you're role-playing as well. So if you meet somebody, you meet them in character. You don't say, oh, you know, hi, I'm Rick. I live in London, blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, I'm Z-Bop from Planet Erg and, you know, yada, yada. <laughs> so you have to you have to be in character when you're in the game. <laughs> um, so that that's quite fun as well. That's quite interesting. Um, but another, another thing you could check out is... Um, uh, and we mentioned this before, and we we had a go uh, when we were in Bratislava at one of the gatherings, is you can get it. There's a thing called Basic Fantasy, which is an open-sourced Dungeons & Dragon type game. And you can download it. It's all free. It's got free PDFs. Um, I mean, you can pay like an extra 2 or $3, and they'll print the book for you and send it to you. But you can get all of the rule books and all the stuff. So if you're into uh, role-playing games, uh, tabletop, desktop role-playing games not computer ones then you can get that and they have uh well when i looked they had it certainly in french and in italian english i think they had probably spanish but anyway you can get the rule book and because it's open sourced and uh anybody can uh you know creative commons license they can uh, take it and modify it and change it and do what they like people have uh, translated it into all sorts of languages. There's all sorts of modules you can use. There's just tons and tons of stuff. So if you're into into that 
type of activity and you can find somebody else who like a native speaker who who speaks the language or somebody who wants to learn then you could have a game in french for example and i remember when we were in the polyglot gathering we there was a fellow who who he could <laughs> he could speak english spanish french you know the guy i'm talking about uh-huh. about 50 other languages i can't remember off the top of my head um but he was going to be our dungeon master so that he would speak to me in French and you in German and this other lady in Norwegian or Finnish or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I mean, if you can, if you can find that uh, type of activity and you like it, there are definitely some open source creative commons, free resources that you can use to, to do that type of activity. Have you played that uh, that uh, open source D&D style thing since? I haven't, no. But what I did do is, um, and I think I've mentioned this before, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, um, I did a thing called, I learned subject-specific vocabulary. So that means I learned a vocabulary specifically to play this game. So I did not know the word for sword in French. I did not know the word for shield, hammer, elf, <laughs> any of that, right? Um, but because this is an open-sourced game and I can do whatever I like with it, I downloaded the PDF, I converted it to text, I ran it through a thing called, I think it's called Ant, uh, which is a text analyzer, and it stack ranks the words from the most used to the least sort of thing. Okay. Uh, I did it, you know, on my YouTube channel, I do have a, a link to, description to show you how to do this, um, and it would work for any subject that you need to learn like if you needed to pass a driving test in spain or something you could learn all the terms that you need by you know collating them all up and then using this and then sticking them in a flashcard program and learning them um but anyway i did that for this game so that i would know you know sword and whatever else and throw and all that yeah. yeah all that yeah so um so that that's quite useful uh so as far as language learning goes just reading the books or learning the vocabulary will help you. You don't even have to play the game. Just, you know, learning all of the rules for the game would <laughs> take a while and, and need a lot of vocabulary. But how much of that vocabulary actually kind of bled over to your everyday uh, use of the language? Not a lot, but some. So, like, I'm trying to remember the French words. I, it came up in a book later. It was like, um, I think it was Handle. You're learning about the handle of the sword and the handle of this, you know, and, and it, basically the handle came up, you know. It, so it's not like you're and then coin, you know. Um, so so some of the terms that you're you're learning in in a D and D context, you would use in a in a daily basis, you know, boots, coins, all that sort of stuff. I mean, you're not going to use goblins, but you, you know, <laughs> but all of the regular stuff like. You know, distances and clothing and, you know, that sort of stuff you would use. So, you know, the word for sack, backpack, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure a lot of that actually does kind of uh, overlap with just everyday vocabulary at some point. Well, the so thing you- is, when I, when I did that exercise, I, I specifically excluded common terms, right? So I, w- I went around the back. I went, I've looked the other way. So I wasn't. I used this ant program. I think it's I'm sure it's called ant. But anyway, it ranked the words from most frequent use to least frequent. Well, I sorted that in the opposite direction from least used to most because the words I was interested in would be the least used. So I wasn't interested in the common words like 
in of beside blah blah blah. I wasn't interested in those because I was getting those elsewhere. I was interested in the uncommon words like plate metal or <laughs> you know chain mail or that sort of crap. Um, but if you took that same open source material and flipped it around the way it came out, which is the most frequent first, then you could just literally go through that because that would show you the most common words used in that book, or rather, in my case, books, because there were two or three of them that I used. You know that um, thing you um, you were talking about, about the, um, the, the beginner, mm-hmm. right? There's a thing. You know, remember Barry Farber, who wrote that book, How to Learn Any oh, Language? Oh, how, how to Learn Any Language, yeah, yeah. yeah. So in that, he said, you know, from day one, get yourself a book or a newspaper article or whatever uh, in the native language and just start going through it and learning. So if you were if you were interested, if you're a gamer, right, and you're interested and you play D&D or role playing games and that sort of stuff, if you took that rule book and you printed it out or bought the book and you just sat there and used that as your first book. Right. By the time you got to the end of the rule book, not only would you know how to play the game, you would also know all of the vocabulary in order to play that game in that language. That, that's true. That's true. I Sorry to interrupt you there. Uh, one other thing I am doing is I started a, another podcast. It's called the Autodidactic Podcast. Hmm. Um, um, Barry Farber. Yes. I read that book a couple times many, many years ago, and I, uh, I, I want to contest some of what you're saying, but I can't speak intelligently about that until I review the book. But maybe I will look into reading that and then uh, kind of talking to you about uh, how, we, how we feel about that book. Because I thought I loved the enthusiasm and I loved uh, a lot of the things he said about learning a language, but I also found it was a little bit biased towards the languages that he had already learned. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, that's that. Everybody sort of does that. I'm just saying that at that, that particular book, I do remember him talking about starting to read native materials from day one. Don't wait until, you know, you're ready for it, quote unquote. Huh, interesting. Well, that, that will have to be a discussion for a future episode. So uh, but but yes, but but going back to, to what you were saying, I yes, I remember enjoying his. Uh, method for or his message for learning and just kind of basically jumping right into it yeah exactly so it's it's you know it's worth doing it's interesting um and as far as these sort of muds go i was, I was just having a quick look and some of these have got like well that star wars one you mentioned that's got 49 players online right now so there's 49 people playing that game as we speak oh nice here let me let me, let me hop on right now and uh Let's see. Okay, open door. Uh, pick up lightsaber. Uh, talk trash. Star Trek fans. <laughs> oh my god, this is so much fun. <laughs> yeah, don't don't forget to put your sort of bun in your hair there. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm wearing the golden bikini right now. This is. Oh great. yeah. Okay. Great, yeah. <laughs> That's why you got the free coffee. Was that? <laughs> That's just um, all sorts of wrong. So what is, what is your plan for the next week or so with languages? Uh, well, I've got an Italian language exchange. I've got a French language exchange. I am reading the Guide d'Astronomie pour débutants in French. Um, so beginners, astronomy in French. Um, and I got the Anki torture machine on the go. 
<laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, I'm just sticking with my Indonesian resources, my uh, physical flashcards, and I'm trying. I'm trying to add ten new words a day for for the five days a week that I I'm studying on my lunch break. So we'll see how uh, we'll see if that can. Sorry to interrupt you there. Uh, one other thing I am doing is I started a, another podcast. It's called the Autodidactic Podcast. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, good. Good talking to you. Good uh, catching up, and um, we shall uh, talk again soon. Okie dokie. Good talking All to right. you, Dave. Same here. See Same you later, here. everybody. All right. Bye, everyone. Happy happy language studying, and we're out. Sorry to interrupt you there. Uh, one other thing I am doing is I started a, another podcast. It's called. You've just subjected yourself to the Lollygagging Podcast with Rick Dearman and Dave Prine. If you enjoyed any or all or none of this podcast, please show some love. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave a comment. Share with a friend. Send us a nasty email. Download the podcast for later. Tell people you dated us in high school and regret breaking up with us. Don't sue us. And if nothing else, enjoy learning languages. North, 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 and just carry on forever, if you know what I mean. But anyway, that's just me being weird. The Autodidactic Podcast. The Autodidactic Podcast. The Autodidactic.